You can be seated. Open your Bibles quickly. I've got a lot of verses tonight. Matthew chapter 6. Please tell your mind to be focused for a few moments tonight. Amen. It's Wednesday night. I know we're tired. I know we've had a, a, a long day at work, but we got Monday off, some of us. So let's uh, take that into consideration. Amen. Uh, how many believe tonight, and I'm not saying this in any way to lift me up, but how many believe that I try to hear from God? That I pray and I, and I try to preach what the Lord puts on my heart. And that I try to be obedient to what the Spirit of God places in my heart. And I really feel heavy tonight about something I want to talk about. And uh, it's never a coincidence or uh, it's always amazing, I should say, how the, the, the service is led by the Holy Spirit. And uh, how Robert mentioned something, my dad mentioned something at the offering. Everything just begins to lead up and line up for the word tonight. So I hope you have your Bible. I hope you have one in front of you. If you don't, share with somebody, please. Uh, I want to just, just quickly say a couple of headlines tonight. Um, Robert mentioned something at the prayer time that it, it just seems like things are accelerating. And uh, we, we, how many are glad that we can... Talk about the word relevant to what's going on in the world. That we can see the situations and say, let's look at the Bible. God, what are you saying right now? What are you saying to us? And I feel so strong in my spirit about what I'm going to speak to you about tonight. And it's going to help you. Amen. It's going to help you tonight, big time. And uh, I just want to throw this, this particular one doesn't have to do so much with the message, but it's just a headline uh, to show where we are just continuing to accelerate in the, t in the things that are happening in, in our world. And I got an email today about 3 o'clock in the afternoon that Netanyahu is ready to create a Palestinian st state. Really? Yes. That's news today. Uh, I'm not going to go into a lot of that today. If you don't know what that means, we'll get to you later and tell you later. If you've been coming to church, been coming to our End Times Forum... You will know what that means, that, that that is a precursor to the Antichrist coming and, and making that pact between the Israelites and the Palestinians. So that's just something I want to throw out, but that's really not what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk tonight about uh, what's coming. And, uh, you know, we've had some really crazy weather. And uh, how, many, how many have a weather channel on your phone or you're checking the weather, you're, you're watching the news? Uh, when it's been really bad lately, we've been having these tornadoes. I've, I went and made sure I had a notification on my phone that makes a noise when there's a tornado warning or whatever. And that's just being wise. That's just, just, just saying, man, if there's going to be a tornado coming, I'm going to get in the shelter. And uh, it's not being fearful. It's just being wise. And so I had that on there. And we've been seeing, I know that we've had weather like this before probably, but it's just, it's been pretty crazy around the world. And as this weather stuff's coming along, um, you begin to look at it and you begin to say, Lord, if the tornado's coming, like I said, I'm, I see it coming on the horizon. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to get into a storm shelter. I'm going to make sure that I'm not by windows. And uh, we can see, church, very clearly that something's on the horizon. And uh, we have to talk about these things. And we want to talk about these things because we want to be wise about what the Bible says and one of the things that I, and I, trust me, this is going to end good, amen? Don't, don't uh, shut me off as I begin to talk or get afraid or anything, but uh, I want to read something that was uh, also out in the news this week that says, uh, by a billionaire, and I'm not even going to say his name because it doesn't matter, but there, a billionaire, if I said, if said his name, you'd know it. 
uh, just came out this week and said, billionaires is a headline on many sources. Whenever, whenever I look at something, I look at more than one source to make sure it's not something uh, fabricated. Many sources said that this billionaire comes out and says, tells Americans to prepare for financial ruin. And uh, we've been talking about how uh, cycles are in the Bible and how 2001 we had an economic collapse and 2008 we had a worse economic co- collapse and, and, and we believe and, and even again, just understand this night, even the people who don't believe in the Bible believe that there is a great uh, collapse coming financially in the United States but even globally this September because of cycles, Okay. So I say that because I want, I want to, I, I, I say, Lord, how do I prepare my people in this church? How, this is the people the Lord has given me to make sure that they're understanding what's happening. And maybe you're not even thinking about it. And if you're not, you need to. Maybe you're just going through life and you're not really even thinking about it. But I, I would be very surprised if you weren't because it's, it's happening all around us. And everything seems really good right now and really normal. And that's always how it seems before a collapse happens. Everybody's spending and spending and spending money. And Trump's, I just said it, doggone it. Well, that's his name. Amen? Trump. This billionaire. Okay, I wasn't going to say his name. I'm not trying to put him on blast, okay? Because uh, he's been broke and been rich again and been broke and been rich again. But I think he knows a little bit about money. And he says we're $16 trillion in debt. And we're borrowing from the Chinese and others. And we're already at $16 trillion in debt. And he goes on to, to point out that the downgrade of the U.S. debt is inevitable. Okay? How many know what inevitable means? That means it's going to happen. Okay? And he says if, if before we know it, it could get to $21 or $22 trillion. And it's going to continue to balloon and balloon. Then there's this other guy, I don't really recognize his name, but he's known in the financial world. He goes on to say a little later in this article, I didn't read everything, but this is just just to get you an idea. He says in a recent interview about his book, he says the aftershock of this economic crisis would be 50% unemployment, 90% stock market drought, and 100% annual inflation. Those are just a few numbers, okay? So all that means is perilous times financially are coming, okay? So, oh, what's the good news, Pastor? Well, that's just the news, okay? So we say, well, what do we do about that as Christians? How do we take that in? Do we start um, just like taking all of our money and instead of giving it to the Lord or instead of paying our bills or instead of whatever, we just start putting it somewhere? Or, or how do we prepare? If Obviously, if an economic crisis is going to happen, that's not just going to be like what's in our accounts. That's going to affect our food. It's going to affect everything we can think of. So how do we begin to think about this? And how many know today there's a whole lot of shows on cable even called Doomsday Preppers? And now, if you go, don't do this now, because you shouldn't have your phones out anyways, or your, your Google open. I don't care if you have your phone for a Bible. But don't be looking on the Internet stuff right now. But later, Google preppers. You'll find page after page after page after page of people who are prepping for what's coming. And isn't it interesting that the world is understanding and sensing and feeling something is going to happen, and everybody's saying this year. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? 
Okay, if you haven't, just, just go look at the news. Something's going to happen. And we know prophetically something's going to happen in September. We know that that's something that's, that, that's there's all, all kinds of stuff that I'm not going to go into tonight. I'm saying all this to say this. What do we do as Christians? How do we prepare? Do we prep? And I want to show you in the Bible what we do. Go to Matthew chapter 6. You're going to get excited when I get done with this. Okay, look at somebody next to you and say, some good stuff coming. All right? Even though I just told you a whole bunch of bad stuff, the great thing is, is we're children of God tonight. That's the awesome thing. Can you say amen? I'm a child of God and you're a child of God. And we are in what is called God's economy. Okay? God's economy. How many are glad you're in God's economy tonight? Amen? Not the world's economy. So I want to I just say, hey, what if, what if Jesus doesn't come back for another 20 years? What if, what if, uh, uh, what, what if, what if, what if? What's going to happen? What are we going to do? And I want to tell you how we prepare. Look at Matthew 6 and say amen if you're there. Verse 19, and listen to the words of Jesus to answer what we should do. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and thieves don't break in and steal. Where, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. Now go down to verse 24. He says, No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. And read this with me. You cannot serve God and mammon. Meaning as a Christian, you cannot love God and love money. You can't. How do I look at the situation in the world economically? I look at it that I don't love money. That money is not a God. That money is not my master. Money is just something I have to have to live. And so if money is something that I have to have to live, and by the way, this isn't a message on finances. I'm not trying to preach that. I'm talking about the whole big picture. But money is a big part of it. And if I want my money to be blessed, then I need to make sure God's in control of it. Because I can't be in God's economy if I'm not giving my money to God's kingdom. Okay, so I'll just throw that out real quick tonight. If you are hoping somehow to have God's protection in anything economically, but you don't give to God, you're going to have some trouble. So don't expect to get out of something you don't put in. Okay, make sure that you're sowing seed into the kingdom of God. Thank you for that one lonely, excited amen and that one lonely clap for the Lord. Amen. You'll get excited by the time I'm done, I promise. Okay. Because if you're looking at what's coming, it should, in the flesh, scare you. In the flesh. As a carnal person. Carnal mind. How many know we have to deal with the carnal mind and we have to put that in subjection to the spirit? If I was not saved, I don't know what these crazy... I, I, I do know what they... I know why they drink. I know why they do drugs. Because there's no hope. Amen. I mean, what is the world doing right now when, when they read a thing like that? What, and here's the crazy thing. If you have a lot of money and you got money in the bank or whatever, and you read that, and this is coming from a billionaire who says there's going to be financial ruin, 
He didn't say America besides me is going to have financial ruin. He's recognizing something that's coming. What does he do to sleep at night? Amen? Y'all here? All right. Let's look at a few verses because I want to see what Jesus says about what's coming and how we should prepare and what should we should do because I want to lead into this for a second with this. Actually, let's go to the book of John. No, sorry, Luke. And as, I get, as we get there, I want to say something else about this. Should we as Christians, with this on the horizon, should we be storing up anything? Okay, that could be a question. Should we be storing up money? Should we be storing up food? Should we be storing up water? Should we be storing up anything? First of all, there's nothing wrong with storing up anything. Okay? There's nothing wrong with having extra food in your pantry and extra water and whatever. Tornado, something comes along, all that. But what I want you to understand is as you look at these doomsday preppers, you can only prep for so long. Okay? And when you begin to look at biblically what's going to happen on this earth, you can't prep that long. Okay? And so what I want you to see tonight, and I'm praying for the Lord to give you revelation. This is why I had you stand and pray and worship the Lord so your spirit would receive this. Is I want you to understand that as we talk about this, you need to look at the world through the eyes of Jesus. And not through carnal eyes. Okay? And so when I begin to prep and prepare and store and worry and doubt and do and go and I do all that stuff, what I'm doing is I'm putting faith in me. In me. And, and those doomsday preppers are putting faith in them. Now when I get to the end of this, you'll, it'll make sense what I'm saying, okay? But I want to show you in the scriptures because the answer is, do we prep? Do we put stuff aside? I want Think about this tonight. If, if all hell began to break loose in this world and there was an economic crisis and it started there and that led into other things, what happens if our grid goes down? What happens if all the electricity in the whole, world, in the whole United States goes down because we're on an electronic grid? How are you going to keep that food you're storing cold? How are you going to cook the food you're storing? And here's an interesting thing. If you begin to get into this prepping thing, if you went tonight and we left this place and I said to you as your pastor, hey, go, go after tonight and go buy a month's worth of food for your house. If I told you that, if I said, go do that, do you realize how much money that would cost? Do you realize that most of us in here would not have the money to do that? Y'all following me? Most of us would not have the money to go out and buy 30 days worth of food because most people live paycheck to paycheck. Most people don't have the money for that kind of thing. So if you start to think about that, and I said, here's the answer. God told me we got to prepare. We got to go out and get some money together. We got to go buy canned food. We got to go buy water. You got to go buy some kind, of, some kind of device to cook that stuff and do all that. Can you imagine that some of us would just be like, well, I can't do that. I'm just, I'm just doomed. So that's putting power in us instead of on God. And that's the, it, 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 this isn't taking away from being wise. This isn't taking away from, this isn't the side of, of, of saving up money or, or, or having investments or any of that stuff that some of you might have done in your lives. That's good. The Bible said to, to lay, uh, leave an inheritance for your grandchildren. So that's a good thing. But let me just throw out some scenarios. What if all this really happens and what they say is true and that the dollar is going to die? So if you have a million dollars in the bank, 
What good is your million dollars going to be when it's going to be about the worth of toilet paper when the economic collapse happens? What good is the million dollars going to do? Y'all following me? You can have stuff stored up, but what are you going to do with that? And so it, it's, it, there's going to be a time and a day when none of that stuff's going to matter. Do you know the Bible says there'll be a day when people will throw their gold and silver on the streets? They'll just throw it on the streets. It won't mean anything. That's what the Bible says. So what I'm trying to get you to understand is if we have a prepping doomsday prepare and hoard and grab and store attitude, then where is our trust in God? And so I said, Lord, where, where in the scriptures do you tell us to do that? Where in the scriptures do you tell us that, that to perilous times are coming? And because perilous times are coming, church, you go store and you go get and you go hold and you go do. But when you really begin to think about it, even if you did that, how long would that last? How long would that really last? I mean, think about it. I, I heard a stat one time uh, because of the elements, because of electricity, because of those different things, you really only can store for about 30 days. And past that, there's really no proof or, 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 or surety that you can live for longer than 30 days with whatever you stored up. Okay? Now, again, I said that there's nothing wrong with having extra food in the pantry. I'm not telling you to not have extra food. I'm not telling you not to be wise. I'm trying to get you to understand that if crazy things are on the horizon, we have one of two things to do. We either trust in the world or we trust in God. That's the two options. Trust in the world or trust in God. So, uh, so because of circumstances, a lot of people, may, may, maybe even many in this place tonight, you might be uh, taken care of. My dad said it at the offering. They live off the government. Social Security. Food stamps, maybe, um, whatever. Whatever, uh, insurance, whatever kind of government help that we know was all established in the beginning for the right thing. But if, you're, if, you're, if your faith tonight is in the government, it's not in God. Okay, it's not in the Lord. I'm going to show you some really good scriptures. Y'all want to see some really good scriptures? You want to see what the Bible says about this? Let's look at Luke chapter 12. Trust me, you're going to get excited in a second. Because I've been saying for years that I believe that people who, whether, like I said, whether Jesus comes back tomorrow or in 20 years, I believe that no matter what happens to the econ economic status in this world, God will take care of his covenant people who live and believe and trust in him. He will take care of his people. I told you you're going to get a little more excited. I know I gave you the bad news right off the bat, but... The bad news is, is the fact it's true. We can ignore it if we want and go, ah, that's not going to happen. It happened in 2001. It happened in 2008. It happened in 94. It happened, but it's not going to happen this time. How many sometimes take that approach? I don't think it's going to happen this time. Let's read this. Y'all there? Luke where? Verse 13. Then one from the crowd said, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? He said, take heed and beware of covetousness. Watch this. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. 
Somebody focus your mind on the word tonight. I'm telling you, this is something that I feel so strong in my spirit. And I, I don't want just one or two people to get it tonight. I want everybody to get this. Y'all reading with me? We're asking, what is our mentality supposed to be about this? He says, he says, do not live your life consistent in the abundance of things you possess. Verse 16, and he spoke a parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I'll do this. I'll pull my barns down and I'll build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. Does that sound like what I was just talking about? Storing? And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for how many years? Many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who, watch this, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Okay, so we're getting somewhere here. Where should our mind be? On God. Where should our focus be? On God. Who is our provider? God. Who is our protector? God. Who's the one who's going to keep me in the storm? God. Now just, just, to, just to make this relative tonight, when the storm comes, when the tornado comes, you go into that closet, you go into that washroom, you go into that area, you're doing what you're supposed to do. But do you realize your life is in God's hands? You're in that room, and if, if God wants that tornado to tear that roof off, it's not going to save you. You're in God's hands. Did y'all hear the story that just came out a couple weeks ago where that family in Kansas was in their mobile home, and they went 130 miles in the tornado? Did y'all not hear that? True story. Entire family, infant baby in the house. They were in the air almost two hours. Talk about a roller coaster ride. Amen. True story. In Kansas, 130 miles, and no one died. And when they came down, go, go Google that later. And when they came down and they looked at, uh, around, they were all alive, and they prayed and thanked God and gave Jesus glory. That's exactly the provision and the protection that God will give us if we put our trust in Him. Again, tonight, we have a choice. Get afraid, get worried, look at the news, look at the forecast, and say, oh my God, what am I going to do? Or say, God, I trust in you. I trust in you. I know that your word says that I'm not supposed to put my trust in the things that I have. And again, this does not take away for anybody who's, who's saved and, and invested. That's good. But my point is tonight is if it gets to a place, Jesus has, remember I've always been telling you, and I want to say this again tonight. Me and Jose were talking about this earlier this afternoon when he got here from work. I, I've been telling you this forever. I still believe with all my heart we're not going to go through the tribulation. I still believe that. I still believe that's what the Bible says. But what I'm trying to teach you tonight is if what if? What if we do? What if, what if we do go through the tribulation? Are you just going to give up? 
Are you going to understand who your Savior is? Are you going to know who to trust in? Because listen, church, when the things really get bad, this ain't going to mean nothing. Nothing, whether you have a lot or a little. Everybody's going to be on equal playing ground. Okay? So we have to understand my faith. We heard the word faith about 28 times tonight. Actually, more than that with the song. Faith, 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 faith. Where's your faith? In who is your faith? Amen? In God. Oh, I got some more. How many caught that part there? Verse 22. Then he said to his disciples. Okay, at first he was talking about maybe even a, you know, just a non-believer. Someone who's just money, 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 build up. You know, Donald Trump maybe. Build up, die down, lose it, get it again. Now he says to his disciples. Then he said to his disciples, therefore, what do we do? Do we prep? Do we prepare? What do we do, God? Let's see what Jesus says. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat. Nor about the body. What you'll put on it. Life is more than food. And the body is more than clothing. Watch this. Consider the ravens. For they neither sow sow nor reap, which have have neither storehouse nor barn. And God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Watch this. If you then, it's going to get better. This is really exciting verses right here. If you then are not able to do the the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Let me stop right there. Look at me for a second. Don't look at you anymore. I've told you, and I'm going to throw this in right now. That there is a preaching going on right now. And listen, whether the rapture happens or not, this preaching is erroneous because the preaching is going on. And much on TV, and I'm not going to name a name again, but there's a person who hoaxed people before. Somehow they're getting hoaxed again. I don't know how these people, how people are so foolish to sow into a person who already embezzled people and already went to prison. And if you know who I'm talking about, that's fine. I didn't say the name. It doesn't matter. I could say it doesn't matter. But he already embezzled people, already fooled people, already took people's money, and now he's doing it again. And what he's doing is using the gospel as a way to get people's money by scaring them that they're going to go through the tribulation. And whether they go through it or not, the fact is he's scaring them into buying food and water and generators and purifiers and ovens, and clothes, and storm shelters, and all these different things, I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see it. Yet he's being, becoming rich off of it. I mean, no fear. I mean, think about it. I could be preaching this message right now. I could tell you everything I just said. and I could manipulate you to get money from you because that's what they do. They scare the people to death. That's not my motive tonight. My motive is the opposite. My motive is for you to trust God. Not in the food you can buy or the filter you can buy or the things you can buy or the things you can store up. Because I'm seeing Jesus Christ say these words right here. Don't, don't store these things up. Don't worry about tomorrow. Lord Jesus, what are we supposed to do in this perilous time? Don't store things up. Don't worry about tomorrow. If I take care of the lilies of the field, how much more will I take care of you? Where were we? 27, right? 
Consider the lilies. They, they grow neither, how they neither grow nor toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon, all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? That's not just meaning clothes. That means take care of you. O ye of what? Little faith. That means he understands the fear. He understands the doubt. He understands the, 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 the looking at the situation and saying, God, what do I do? Does anybody see here something very different than what our mind would want to do? Now, again, I'm going to throw this home in case, in case someone didn't catch it. I'm not, saying, don't, I'm not saying just on purpose don't have anything in your house. I'm not saying the Bible says don't test the Lord. So I'm not saying that. There's nothing wrong with going and spending a little extra money, having some extra cans of food, having some extra water for whatever. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is if we're supposed to go through some kind of great tribulation, it doesn't matter how much you store up, you're not going to have enough. Do you get that? So the alternative is, God, I trust you. And I believe that that's what God wants, is us to trust him. I got some better verses. You want to read them? All right. And you do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all, oh, this is so good. I got excited when I was in my office reading this. For all these things, the nations of the world seek after. Come on, let this word get in you, please. For all these things, the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows you need these things. Don't get ahead of me. Don't read ahead of me. I'm reading this slow on purpose. I want you to understand this. The world seeks after this. The doomsday preppers is the world's. Those that are building caves and storing up things and doing all these things because they don't trust in God. But we have a Father in heaven who is worried about us and knows every need we have. And if we're supposed to be here for another five minutes or another 500 years, He's going to take care of His children. Amen. We are His children. We are His children. He is our Father tonight. Amen. That's why you can be excited. That's why you can be at peace. That's why you can have joy tonight and know that God has everything under control. Even when all hell's breaking loose outside. Let me throw something else in the Holy Spirit gave me today. As you think about this, and I'm getting ahead of myself because I got another verse that I got to read you that's very important. But before I get there, I want you to think about something. Oh, man, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I got to, though, because otherwise I'll forget it. Amen. Holy Spirit can bring it back, but I don't want to miss it. Later on, we're going to read something that's going to make this make more sense. But if we, as the church, are supposed to be preaching Jesus and God and faith and, 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 and that He's our Lord and He's our Master and He's our Savior, but we're walking around telling people, hey, you got your, you got your cave built? Hey, you got your food in the pantry? Hey, you got, uh, you got y'all following me? How, who are we lifting up? Someone's going to get this. If I'm preaching, are you ready? Did you have the food ready? Are you, you, do you have a generator? Do you have all these things that I don't have time to get into all the things? that could? There's people that sit around and think of every possible circumstance that could happen and a way to have it ready. Well, I got news for you. You can't. Because I just said a few minutes ago, if God wants to take someone in a tornado, they're going. 
And if God wants to save someone from a tornado, he can take them 130 miles in a mobile home and sit them back on the ground because his hand is taking care of his children. He blesses those who bless him, and he judges those who, can, who do not accept him. Amen. We believe in him. So I'm going to get to that in a second. It's going to be good. But I have to say this because if we're pushing prepping, if we're pushing food, if we're pushing money and generators, anybody in the world can have that. We don't need Jesus. They say, well, what do I need Jesus for? You need food just like me. Or could God use the church in these days to come? Could God use us? I mean, what glory am I going to give to the Lord if I'm running around buying everything in the store and I'm running around buying generators and I'm running around buying and I'm, I'm afraid just like there, how am I going to show them that I have a God who's going to provide for me? How am I going to show them that God is going to take care of me if I'm doing the same thing they're doing? He says, don't be anxious. I don't know if y'all are reading the verses I'm reading here. This is some good verses, and I haven't even got to the best part yet. Let me read that one more time. For all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your Father knows the things that you need. And then you, you'll hear this thing in a minute that will sound familiar. But 31 says, seek the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God. And what? And all these things. What things? What things? Things I need. Food, clothes, things, things, things. The things that everybody else is not going to have, according to the world. Things. I seek God's kingdom, and these things will be there for me when I need them. Okay? Y'all with me still? Do not fear. I almost preached a message on fear tonight, but the Lord led me in a different direction. Do not fear. Look at the person next to you and say, do not fear. And mean that. You can mean that. Do not fear. Jesus' words. Don't fear. Why, little flock? For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Okay, this, it's getting better. It's building up. Watch this verse. Sell what you have. That sounds so different than what the world's telling us to do. The world's telling us to pull in. The world's telling us to pull back. The world's telling us to stop giving. Jesus says, sell what you have and do what? Give. Alms. Other words, offerings. Provide yourselves money back. Oh, man. I got this already, Lord. You help them get this, please. Provide yourself. Oh, my gosh, this is a good word. Provide yourselves money bags. Woo! Money bags. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail. See, some of y'all are going to be laying in bed at 1130 tonight, and you're going to go, oh my gosh, I get it. Get it right now. These verses right here should make... Anybody shout. I'm not going to throw out a denomination there, amen? Anybody shout. Can I just read 33 again? I can't move on until y'all get this. Sell what you have. Give alms. Provide yourselves money bags. 
Now, let me, I got to say something else. Before I finish reading this, Jesus didn't say here, except when you get real close to the tribulation. Anybody get that? He didn't put a little clause there. He didn't say, do this, but when it gets really crazy, don't be crazy and give your money away. He didn't say anything like that. He said, give it away. Sell it. Give. What does this mean? This means now is the time to give to the kingdom of God more than we've ever given before. Not time to pull back. Because if my money's not going to mean nothing anyways, I might as well give it away. If someone told you in six months money would mean nothing, what would you do with it? Would you just keep it? Think about this. Like your life, if someone said you were going to die in 30 days, what would you do with it? You'd give your life away. Most likely, if you were a believer and God had your heart, you'd, you'd be a giver. Right? So... This is very contrasting to what the preachers on TV are saying and what the world is saying that get and hold and hoard and store and prep. and re He's saying, no, sell it. Because when you sell it, when you give it, you're saying, God, I know that there's something crazy on the horizon. And I, I know I already tithe 10% because I want to be in, con in, 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 in covenant with you. But I'm just going to give a little bit more. I'm just going to be crazy because it's, I'm just going to trust you a little bit more. Because you said to right here. You said sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old. Amen. You know what this means? This means I'm storing up a treasure that is not on this earth. It goes back to Matthew 6. It's not here. It can't be robbed. ISIS can't get it. Nobody can touch it. Nobody can mess with it because it's up there and God's protecting it and God sees everything that leaves your hands and goes up into an eternal bank account. Amen. That wrath and must, rust and moth cannot destroy. So I'm going to give it to the Lord. I'm going to give it to the Lord. I'm going to give it to the Lord. I'm going to trust God. Can we finish 33? A treasure in the heavens... That does not fail. See, some of us don't really believe this. Let me just be honest with you. Not mean. Some of us don't really believe this. Some of us need to really ask ourselves, do I believe these words? Come on. These aren't my words. These aren't even Paul's words. They're Jesus' words. They're in red. Watch this. Where no thief approaches, nor moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, we're going to finish in just a second. Go to John. And I'm going to get to the part I was trying to get to a long time ago. But before I get there, I've got to read one more thing. Tell somebody next to you, this is really good. This should be liberating. This should be making you feel less anxious. This doesn't mean that Donald Trump's wrong. This means God's bigger. And I'm in covenant with God. Before you read John, go to Malachi. I promise you this, was not in, this is not a financial, I did not a plan. This, this is important though. 
I asked you in the beginning, do you trust that I'm praying, that I'm asking the Lord to tell me what I'm supposed to say? I feel the Lord on this. I feel the anointing on this. I, I thank God you're all here tonight. I thank God you're listening to this. I thank God that you're going to apply it. I thank God that you're going to get this revelation because this is real. We say, in the, we, say, we say outside the church, this is real talk. Y'all in Malachi? I'm going to give you something tonight that will lead into just a little bit down the road. I'm still working on this. I told you I've been working on this for a while and I haven't got it yet. Not enough to where I can get up here and preach it and, and, and have the conviction I have on this tonight. But I'm going to throw this out. Malachi 3. We know all the part about the tithes and starting in verse 10 and that if we, if we tithe to the Lord and we give what's His and we don't rob God and all those things, bring it to the storehouse. We know all those scriptures because we hear them all the time. We do tithes and offerings. We know those. But there's something right past it that I want you to look at. I want you, I, there's a bunch of other things you can read, but I'm just going to get to this so I can finish in John. Go to verse 16 real quick. Many of you who have been talking to me outside of church, I, you've heard me mention this, maybe in a discipleship. There's something to this. And I want your spirits to be pricked and, and quickened tonight. Y'all there? Malachi 3.16. Y'all there? Lord, let them get this. Then those. Then those. Those means some. Okay? Then those. Who's those? Whoever chooses to be those. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. Watch this. So a book of remembrance was written before him, capital H, Jesus. For those who what? Fear the Lord and those who... Meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord. On the day that I make them my jewels. And I will say it. How many like that word? I will spare them. As a man, what? Spares his own son who serves him. I just want you to underline that, circle it, pray about it, because there's, there's something to that. Do you think that God would write that there's a book of remembrance if there's not? How many have heard of the book of life? Okay. The book of life, and I'm just going to give you just a teaser, the book of life is where your name is written for salvation. But if he says there's a book of remembrance, this is not the same book as the book of life because when you read Revelation, you see that there are books opened. And all this tonight leads into this just as a kind of a precursor to understand how important it is that our faith is in the Lord. Those who fear Him. Not a fear of God, you're going to hurt me. A reverent fear. A respectful fear. A loving 
fear. Okay? So I just had to throw that out because that's in the same area. And there's some things that I'm working on. There's some things that, that it, I promise you, there's some things that God asks of us that not everybody does. Okay? And we've got to find out what that is because if Jesus said these words, and I'm going to finish in John. Go ahead and go to John 6. If Jesus said these words, church, if he said to us, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. I think this is where the revelation is going to come in. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we lay our hands on the sick? He says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Okay? So if he says not everyone will, there has to be a criteria of things he expects of us as believers. Now, this is a whole other message, and I'm not trying to stay here too long, but you've got to understand, salvation, meaning Jesus dying for my sins, and me accepting it is free. I cannot buy it. I cannot earn it. It's free. But once I accept it, I said just last week at the altar, some service, maybe last Wednesday, he who finds the pearl of great price goes and sells everything he has to buy that piece of land Meaning they sell, and that's not money, that's everything. That means you sell out to God. And there's too many false teachings today in the church that just, we're just just all going to go. Jesus said the the path is narrow. Doesn't mean we can't all go. He didn't say that because he's not only allowing a few. He said that because he knows us. Y'all understand that? You, you have to understand the balance of the Bible. If he says that I wish that none would perish, that means he wants everybody in heaven. But when he says the narrow road is narrow, that means he knows in his God mind that not everyone is going to go the narrow path. And there's something about the book of remembrance. There are some things that our Lord asks of us that we do. Not works to get saved. Okay? Understand that I'm not putting works on our salvation. But there's something about what goes in that book of remembrance. And that's what I'm working on. I've got some of them, but I'm not going that tonight. Okay? So I'm throwing that out there because we need to be God-fearing people. We need to be serious about God. Anybody that knows me knows I love to joke, I love to have fun. But when it comes to the things of God, the joking and the fun is gone. This is serious business. It's eternal business. Lives and souls are hanging in the balance. And we must understand that God is a God of love, but He is a consuming fire. You don't mess with God's things. And I can tell you tonight, and, and, and this, I, I, none of this was even in my thoughts, but I'm going to tell you tonight, I haven't even been hard as, as hard as I should be. I haven't even preached as strong as I should preach. Because I have to stand before God someday, and I have to have the blood of your hands on my hands if I don't tell you the truth. 
And I don't tell you that the Bible says he's a holy God. He's a righteous God. And he's not coming for people who are playing around with him. He's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle that's looking and loves his return and loves his son and loves the blood and doesn't allow people to mess with it tonight. It's a serious thing, the Bible says. It's a serious thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Musicians, you, actually, I'm just going to ask Kristen to come tonight. Kristen, if you just come play something, I want everybody to stay there. I'm going to read one more thing. I'm not going to read it all because I have quite a few verses, but I'm going to give you homework to read. And it's not a, a coincidence, I don't think I'm ending on John 6. John 6 is one of the best and hardest books in the whole Bible. Best meaning the promise that I'm about to read to you, but the hardest meaning Jesus said very seriously, if you don't take this seriously, and you can read it later and you'll see what I'm talking about, you're not worthy. If you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you're not worthy. And he had disciples around him. He had, that disciples mean they, they believed in him. And he had disciples around him. And we're not going to get to this part tonight, but I want you to read it later. And he began to read these scriptures. And as he began to read these, or say these words, the Bible says disciples. Not, not the multitude that followed. Disciples said this is a hard teaching. And they left. And that's the picture right there. That's the picture that you can walk away from God. You can walk away from God. God will never stop loving you, but you can turn your back on Him. He said, unless you eat of my blood, drink of my blood, and eat of my flesh, you're not worthy. He, they said, this is it. And read it later, not now. It's in the later, there's 60-something verses in that chapter. And it's in the later chapters. And He says, He says, I know I'm getting ahead of myself because I haven't even read this part, but I'm just trying to let the Holy Spirit speak. He says to them so clearly, He says, they said, this is a hard teaching. That's, that's, that's what we need. We need straightforward truth. The truth the Bible says will set you free. And too many churches are not preaching the truth. So people aren't getting set free. This is a hard teaching. This is why pastors don't preach it. And they, and they left, the Bible says, and Jesus said to the rest that remained, do you want to go too? Man, that's some hard, hard words. Jesus basically said, the door is right there. You want to go too? You want to follow them? Go. He says, here's your chance. And Peter said, Lord, where would we go? See, that's the revelation you need tonight. Lord, where would I go? You have the words of life. You are life. Where would I go? So John 6 John 6, watch this. Read it later, please. Homework. Go home tonight and read the rest of the chapter. But I was reading this today. It was so powerful. I can't read it all, but he... 31. Our fathers... Well, let's go back a little bit. I have to read some of this. Verse 26. Most assuredly, I say to you, seek me 
Not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. That means people are coming to the Lord because they need something. Not because they love Him. He said, you came because you saw signs. You came because you saw food. You whip out some food, you can get a crowd. He said, that's why you're here. Watch what he says in verse 27. Don't labor for the food that perishes. But for the food which endures to everlasting life which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said, what shall we do that we, we may, that we may work the works of God? Jesus said, this is the work of God. This is the work of God. This is the work of God. What? That you believe in him who sent me. Therefore, you said, what sign will we perform? And he goes on to ask about signs. And watch 31, he says, Your, he says, our fathers ate manna. They basically said, our fathers ate manna. They, they got bread from heaven, so what are you going to show us? He gave them bread from heaven to eat. What are you going to do for us? Jesus says, most assuredly, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Watch this, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then, the, then they said, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said, watch this, this is it. I want you to get this if you don't get anything else tonight. I am the bread of life. I am your bank account. I am your health plan. I am your mortgage. I am your job. I am your food. I am your clothes. I am everything you need. I am. He said, I am the bread of life. How many know we cannot live without food? Jesus is saying, you don't need this food. You need spiritual food. And if you want to live forever, I am the bread of life. He, watch this. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Y'all noticing that he didn't say anything here about hoarding up or storing up? He said, believe. And that's why at the beginning of this message, I didn't say it mean, and I, don't, and I hope I'm wrong, but some people don't really believe. And only you personally can know if you personally believe. That's why I beat it like a dead horse over and over again. Have a personal relationship with Jesus. Do you believe in Jesus tonight? Do you believe he is the only answer? Do you believe he is the only way? Do you believe he's the only escape? Because if your mind or your heart or your spirit is on anything else, you're off. I am the bread of life. You'll never thirst. Watch this. I said to you that you've seen me and yet don't believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. See, those disciples that day, when they said this is a hard teaching, this is the amazing thing about God. Man, Jesus, that's a hard teaching. Goodness grief, I'm out of here. I'm gone. Wait a minute, where am I going to go? Let me come back to you, Jesus. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, Lord. Here we go. Storms start getting really bad. Things start getting bad. Economy starts getting bad. I go, wait a minute, Lord. Let me come back over here. He who comes to me, he who comes to me, I will no wise cast him out. But you got a whole lot of people today walking away. Walking away. 
He'll never stop loving you, but he's not going to chase you into the bar. He'll never stop loving you, but he's not going to chase you off a cliff. He'll never stop loving you, but he's not going to chase you back to your old lifestyle. He says, he who comes to me, I'll no wise cast out. Jesus doesn't move. There's no variance in L. In him, sorry, Spanish there. There's no variance in him. He is here, you're wherever, and you need to come to him. He's the bread of life. I'm not going to read anymore tonight. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes, but I want you to think about this tonight. I know it went a little longer than normal on a Wednesday night, but this is so important tonight. This is so important tonight. Jesus said, perilous times will come. Pastor, I'm tired of hearing you say that. Well, I'm sorry. I have to stand before God and answer. There's a tornado coming spiritually. There's a tornado coming financially. The whole world's saying it, but the church don't want to talk about it. Well, what do we do? Do we freak out? Do we go hoard up? Do we go get stuff? No, we just trust in God. You didn't get anything else out of this tonight. You trust in God. You give more now to the Lord than you've ever given before. You pray more now to the Lord than you've ever prayed before. You fast more than you've ever fasted. You witness more than you've ever witnessed. You get more serious than you've ever been for God. Now is not the time to go back. This is the end of the race. The birth pains are all around. Don't miss the birth. Don't miss the greatest time that God has given us on this earth. Yes, things are scary. Yes, things are uncertain. But we have Jesus. He's overcome the world. Have peace, he says. Don't be anxious, he says, because I am the bread of life.